the High Sensory People podcast. I'm Alicia May. I'm a high sensory leader, coach, and creative empath. And I'm Jane Elizabeth Aston. I'm a high sensory leader and spiritual connection coach. We're high sensory people, and we're passionate about raising awareness of the HSP trait and reframing it from being highly sensitive to high sensory and having high sensory intelligence. Did you know that 20 to 30% of the world's population are high sensory? We want to increase our visibility, change how the world sees us, and inspire and empower all HSPs to own their amazing qualities and unique gifts. We would love you to join us on this journey. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about how to manage relationships as HSPs. And so there's relationships of all kinds, isn't there, Alicia? So um, what kind of relationships are we going to be starting to talk about today? Yeah, so we're going to cover over a sort of series of episodes. Um, We're going to cover friendships, uh, family relationships. So that could be siblings, that could be mums, dads, aunts, uncles, cousins. And um, and then there's partners. So that could be girlfriends, boyfriends, wives, husbands, you know, any of those types. Then colleagues, so work colleagues of any kind. And of course animals because HSPs we have that just unique connection with animals as do you know most humans but for HSPs quite often animals are an easier option aren't they Jane still very painful but maybe a bit easier than humans (laughs) painful but just such a rich relationship is possible for us as HSPs with animals and especially if connect Yeah, and especially if they're HSP animals, that's where the magic really happens. And it is like you're communing with their soul as well, isn't it? Completely. It's just a beautiful nonverbal communication, which is very, very special. But anyway, uh, well, where, where on earth with this cornucopia of relationship types where on earth will we start? I know it's a tough one. So I think today we're gonna we're gonna keep it fairly general yeah. and sort of you know the typical challenges faced, regardless of the context of the of the relationship. You know you're still gonna be mm. you know challenged with the people pleasing, the meeting your own needs, the boundaries. You know they they all cover all of them. But so we're gonna keep it sort of as an introductory um, episode today, aren't we, with the relationship? So what should we kick off? first well I was thinking you know just generally I suppose my experiences of relationships over the years have been that they have moved from being um not that authentic in that I wasn't in my authenticity with my family with my friends I was often pretending to be somebody that I was not somebody that I thought they wanted me to be. I thought I had to be different from who I really am in order to be liked and accepted and valued. So that's been really interesting. And I would say that that is across the board, you know, family, friendships, partners, colleagues, not with animals. Mm. That's the joy of animals. They give you the right animals. They get. They gave me unconditional acceptance, and I could be myself with animals. And you know, um, 
I I lived with my cat who, you know, died in 2020. I lived with her for 18 years. And I, I do think it's possibly the best relationship I've ever had yet. Um, because she was, yeah, really unconditional. It is very rare to find, you know, that level of unconditionality from another human being. Although I have also experienced some of that as well. And, you know, it's a really special thing. But I think, yeah, the um the 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 lack of authenticity in ourselves can make our relationships deeply challenging because it takes a lot of energy to pretend to be somebody else 24-7. What, what, what's your reflection on, you know, relationship experiences generally over the years, Alicia? Well, yeah, you know, really resonated with what you said that I can definitely resonate with, you know, because at the moment the world isn't set up to um, encourage and support HSPs to be themselves. So I, whether it was, I mean... I suppose my brother was the one that I was probably most myself. But looking back, when I think of who I am today and who I was then, I still wasn't my authentic self because I knew there was an aspect of me that I hadn't, I didn't know what to do with, that there was like another half of me that that was in me, but I didn't know how to live with it. I didn't know how to commune with it. So, you know, as much as I could be myself around him, there was still an aspect of me that, you know, I wasn't 100% myself. I wasn't in ownership of who and what I am, but he would definitely be the number one. Then, you know, definitely my parents. I was quite fortunate for the most part, I could be myself to a point, but years and years on and with the work I've been doing, we've all realised that they weren't always in their truth you know I know women have spoken about and I can definitely see this with my mum that yeah she went through the menopause and then since the menopause she's definitely been way more authentic way more herself much more open and you know a bit more blunt than she used to be she's she's a lot more she'll say things that uh, you know that are really on her mind whereas say before menopause she might have just put up and shut up a, a, a lot more and you know, been a bit of not not a doormat. That's very extreme, but you know, a bit people pleasing, acquiesced. You know, and then yeah. with my dad, I've had the conversation that you know we said just the other week that despite him saying be yourself, he realised that because he wasn't being himself, I was picking up the energy of actually you still can't be yourself, even though I'm telling you to be yourself. You still can't be yourself. But again, you know, he's in his sixties. He's comfortably way. I mean, he says it himself. He's way more himself than he's ever been. And that's definitely the case. Um, whereas everybody else, I really struggled to be my authentic self, whether it was some teachers, I was reasonably good at being my authentic self if they welcomed me and my sensitivities. But again, those teachers were really rare, quite possibly HSPs themselves. But I've had plenty of teachers that, you know, tell you to just put up and shut up and you're too Mm. sensitive. Friends, I really struggled on and off for years with friendships. Um, Quite often, you know, we th- feel things so intensely and deeply. We take things so personally. Oh, just, you know, it can be a real <sighs> traumatic experience having friends, can't it? Especially when we're not in my authentic truth and being honest with myself. The last few years, you know, my friendships have really blossomed, some of them. And sadly, some have ended because, you know, it was their time. 
Um, and it's wonderful where the real friends, they can see the change in you. They really welcome it. They honor it and respect it. Um, and then, you know, there's relationships. I'm going to talk about that in another episode because that's a really long conversation. Um, and partners and things. Um, and then colleagues, that's not always been easy for me. It's again, they're in the outside world. So maybe one or two, I was like, Oh, I can, I can, I feel safe with them and comfortable, but I was still holding back. Um, and a lot of colleagues were really shite. Um, and you know, they weren't necessarily helpful. Um, they didn't understand the sensitivities. They just respected them, ne- didn't necessarily value, you know, and say, Oh, you're so sensitive, you know, and all that crap that we have to put up with. So I'm gonna say it's not been easy, but as the years yeah. have gone on and doing this work, they've become easier, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Being in my truth and not allowing people to blow me about has enabled those boundaries to stay in place and people are more respectful, if that makes sense. Sorry. Yes, it really does. And and as you were talking there, and you said such a lot of great stuff, what it made me reflect on is that being in our authenticity is the greatest gift that we can give to those around us, whether they know it or not. And what I've really noticed over the years, and when I was perhaps not in my authentic self, but I was around somebody who really was, um, it's so attractive it's so enticing. It's so, you know, I want to bask in that energy. Nourishing, isn't it? It's, it's just nourishing. Abs- yeah, it's an absolute joy to be around them. And there's a there's there's a permission that they give as well. When I'm around somebody in their authenticity, it's almost like them doing that gives me permission to be more authentic myself because I know. I know that they, in their truth, will be able to receive me. They won't try and shut me down because their journey has taken them to a place of this. Now, I remember being at a wedding really, you know, quite a long time ago. My goodness, I was, I think I was 24. So that's, you know, like more than half my life ago. And I went to a wedding and uh, it was at, um, it was at Cambridge University where I did my master's and I went back and I mean, that was the place where I was not in my truth there because everybody seemed like really clever and privileged and I was not privileged and I didn't feel terribly clever, although actually I was as good as any of them as it turned out, but I wasn't, you know, owning that either. Anyway, so I went back for this wedding. One of my friends from my course was getting married in one of the beautiful, you know, Cambridge colleges. And one of her guests was a woman um, who was so in her authenticity, um, you know, she was a woman who um, who was gay. She liked other women. She was wearing a wonderful suit. She wasn't slim, you know, she was quite big, but she owned it all and she was deeply attractive, you know, very attractive in all senses because she was so in her authenticity. She was so comfortable with herself. And I remember, you know, I was in my dress, you know, with my hair. And I just remember thinking, I want what she's got. She's had to clearly do do some work to come into this because this was in the 1990s. So it was a while ago, you know, you could be gay, you could be gay and you could be open, but you were going to get trouble from some people. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way the world was. 
Um, And so she'd clearly done some work to really step into her truth and own it and embody it to the point that it radiated out of her in this glorious way. And I noticed we all wanted to be with her because she gave us permission to be in our truth as well and be our fun, playful, reckless selves. It was wonderful. I never forgot her. I can't remember her name, but I can see her plain as day. She was really, really interesting. She was, and and the thing is that the opposite is also true. When I'm with somebody who is who has blocked themselves from their authenticity for their whole life to the point that they are quite shut down and often rather resentful and brittle from it. It makes me shut down as well, because I know if I put my real self out there, they won't be able to take it. Mm. I have to shield myself from them because they are so shielded. So I think, you know, being in our authenticity is the greatest gift we can give to our relationships. But we have to do it, you know, um, with some care for ourselves. And I think this probably brings us um quite well to kind of top tips for for managing relationships you know that being said about authenticity um would you like to maybe pick pick up on that yeah absolutely resonated with um so much of what you said this sort of you know the more hsps stand in their truth we just emanate that vibe. You know, we talked last episode about a vibe. People give off that energy, that vibe. It has an alchemical effect on us. It's addictive. It's wonderful. It's empowering. It's joyful. And it will change the world. And it enables the more, this is the crazy thing, the more authentic and truthful we are to ourselves, it gives others permission to be themselves. And what a wonderful world that would be where people are like, yeah, I'm just going to be me, you know, because being the best version of yourselves is what you deserve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, coming back to the tips is know your boundaries, you know, and really honor them. And that's okay. Like we have our needs, you know, and we must honor them. You know, we've got to look out for that people pleasing. I was, I'm so guilty of being my false self and constantly knowing what other people needed from me, delivering and completely forgetting about me entirely that I was just empty most of the time. Um, You know, things like taking time out for yourself, taking time out from that relationship, you know, whatever that is. Um, And just always be aware of your needs. If you're around that challenging person, again, whatever they are, friendship, uh, wise, if they're a partner or a mum or a dad, whatever they are, colleague, you know, just be aware, listen to yourself, really be aware of your needs, you know, and, and, and stay grounded, um, and just honor those feelings. Um, do you want to take over, Jane, and mention a few? Yeah. I mean, I'll just perhaps sort of recap on the, you know, staying aware of my needs and staying grounded. I mean, those are really, really important for me when I'm with people. And what that is about is, is, um, listening to my body. What's my body telling me? And, and often, you know, if I'm not entirely comfortable, I'll be, um, I'll be perhaps a little bit tense. I might unknowingly have like, you know, tensed a bit of my body, often like my hip. I do my right hip. I do my right side. Consequently, I often have pain in my right side for many years of tensing it up. And I'm, you know, I'm always working to address that. Um, So, you know, 
yeah, if I'm if I'm with people or, you know, again, you know, sort of big events, social events, they can be quite stressful for us as HSPs. But, you know, stay aware of my needs. Am I okay in this room of people? Do I need to go and have a little walk outside? Do I just maybe need to go to the bathroom and, you know, just take five minutes of quiet, you know, like shut in a cubicle, you know, where nobody can get to me for a bit. Just do that. Just breathe, whatever. Um, you know, so, yeah, staying grounded is very much about feeling my feet on the floor, pulling the breath through my body, you know, and and realizing that no matter what kind of space the people that I'm with are in, it's not my job to fix them. It's not my job to change them. And it's really just my job to keep my feet on the floor and keep breathing. Mm. And that's it. That's all I have to do. And sometimes I think I have to do a lot more than that. And sometimes maybe it will be really useful or nice or pleasant or rewarding for me to do more of that. But, you know, yeah, it's very much about staying grounded. Um, and, you know, we, we also talked, didn't we, Alicia, about the importance of, of maintaining compassion in relationships for others rather than empathy, really, because that can be terribly painful, you know, like, oh, I feel your pain. Oh, mm. I mean, that can take me down. <laughs> That can that can paralyze me. And if I can just sort of feel the compassion rather than the empathy, I don't actually have to like walk around in their shoes. I can just recognize, you know, this is a fellow human being and they are suffering. And that is what we do as human beings. And I have compassion for you as that. And also compassion for myself. I'm not always going to get it right. I'm not perfect. I'm not supposed to be perfect. And sometimes I'll get the balance wrong and sometimes I'll say the wrong things and that's okay. So I think it's just really important to, to stay aware of, of the compassion and particularly around some people that I'm around. And these are often the people that I've known the, the longest. They can trigger me. They can trigger me into unhelpful reactions. And sometimes it feels like I don't have any choice and sometimes I might blame them, but I got to be aware that my triggers are my triggers. They're not actually somebody else's fault, but they are very real. So it's walking that tightrope of what do I need to do to take care of myself in this triggered situation? But it's not helpful for me to blame somebody else for my reactions um, and I will just say that I am not always getting this right. I often reflect and go, yeah, I just got triggered then. It would have been really helpful if I'd have taken a breath, stayed grounded, taken a time out and then come back. But I didn't and I reacted and it wasn't very helpful. So it's a massive learning process, this. Um, yeah, I'm going to hand back over to you, Alicia. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jane. Some amazing points there. And um, for me, definitely this journey of stepping into my truth you know it, it did it does cause a bit of disruption with some relationships you know but it's you know cliches it sounds it's all for the greater good you know it is it is for our benefit um that disruption because it could be that a relationship with a partner isn't actually serving you and that's okay yes it's painful it's going to be a process but actually stepping in your to your truth is something that you owe to yourself you know especially in the western world 
you know, we, we've kind of got no excuse, really, you know, because we're, we're, we're not starving, you know, we're not finding roofs, you know, we're not worrying about our safety and, you know, are we going to be alive tomorrow, you know? So it, it can be very disruptive owning our, our value and our truth and, and our needs around these relationships. Uh, some people will, um, encourage it they'll embrace it they'll respect it they'll honor it and then one or two relationships you know that it will trigger them because they don't understand meeting their own needs they don't understand putting themselves first so it can be very disruptive and if we've always been there for them without a screen and without you know we've just been people pleasing them all our lives or for several years or whatever and we take that away from them you know we've we've taken a life draft after they got used to, you know, and they're having to stand on their own two feet emotionally or mentally. So it can be quite disruptive, but you're actually doing them a service because you're teaching them that actually they've got some work to do on themselves. Um, and quite often, you know, when we are stepping more and more into our truth, we really do appreciate the HSP language, the conversations we tend to have. You know, we tend to um, share the same values. We tend to be able to be authentic. You know, again, we were saying about people that are really in their truth and authentic selves gives you more permission. It's very nourishing. So quite often we sort of really look for those deep, meaningful conversations and those shared values with within all these relationships. So um, they're, they're often very important to us. So, yeah. So should we sort of wrap that introduction up for today around the relationships or have you got anything you want to just add in there? I think just to reiterate on that wonderful point that you just made about the importance of shared values, I think as HSPs, what we tend to want from relationships is is connection, a meaningful connection, deep connection. Sure, we can talk about the weather. Sure, we can talk about, oh, you're wearing a nice top. Have you had your hair done? We can do that. But if that's all the relationship is, it's probably not going to feel enough. So there has to be, for me anyway, and I know for you as well, um, there's got to be some deeper shared values. You know, as HSPs, we're often quite, um, integrity is important, authenticity is important, honesty is important, not doing harm is important, you know. Um, you know, being of service is important, you know, sort of, you know, spreading love and light, if that doesn't feel, you know, too sort of ethereal. I mean, that is really important, isn't it? That's super important to us generally. Uh, and so I think, um, yeah, and, 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 and just the, you know, in, in my relationships, um, th this, this sense of, I want to be in relationships where I feel seen and heard and valued because, you know, I want to bring that to other people as well. If I don't have that, well, they're not going to be my favourite relationships, that's for sure. So I think, yeah, having this kind of this deep connection and the shared values is is super important. Yeah, definitely really resonate with that feeling seen and heard because, you know, we were saying about those um um, inauthentic relationships over the years that I was, I wasn't really seen and heard for who and what I am. But these days with the, with the people that I meet and come across, you know, I'm really, whether I've known them a long time or not, I'm really, because I'm allowing myself to be, you know, because I'm allowing myself to feel and see and hear myself. So mm -hmm. I'm now feeling seen and heard 
um, for who and what I am. And it it really is a wonderful um, process. It's not easy. Um, and we're always coming up across, you know, um, you know, little, little bumps and we're always, there's always more growth to, to do, but um, it, it really is wonderful. So, so we will be following on with an introduction to each of these types and sort of going into our own experiences, you know, for, for people to hopefully resonate and relate to. And um, we will, yeah, revisit them in separate episodes in the future. But, you know, in the meantime, if you guys have any specific questions or comments that you might want us to bring up, you know, if it is a relationship with a partner or with your child or your husband, wife or your friends or your colleagues, you know, if there's any questions or, or particular areas that you want us to sort of expand on, you know, please, please do send us um, an email or um, or a comment or anything. That would be great. Yeah, so, we're, not, we're not experts, but we might have had some experience or some insight or we might have known somebody who who does so yes and you know we, we'd love to be able to bring those into our future episodes and we're probably going to do separate episodes on friendships another one on family another one on you know partners intimate relationships perhaps another one on you know like managing relationships with our colleagues and people we work with um we might even do one just with animals that'd be nice so look out for those in the future we're just going to sort of pepper them in amongst the others I think um, and also, yeah and also I just want to add if anybody has anything that they want us to talk about um that we haven't maybe touched on just yet you know if you've got any suggestions or areas that are, that are of interest you know please just you know send us an email and and we'll see what we can do because it's it's lovely to hear from you it, it really really is lovely so, um, as we mentioned last time, the High Sensory Tribe is now live. It's the online community uh, via Mighty Networks. So there's no adverts. Um, it's just a wonderful, safe space for us just to connect. There's going to be monthly, uh, potentially fortnightly um, Zoom events. So all are welcome. Um, over to you, Jane. Do you want to expand a bit? Well, just to say... Um... We hope that increasingly it's going to be a place for all high sensory people to meet and share experiences and support and information and just to be part of something and to feel part of something bigger um, and, and important uh, so that we can all work together to, you know, make the most of this trait and get it better understood. It's free for the first month, um, so you can give it a try and stay if you like it. And then after that, it is just £10 a month. Thank you for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Again, we really love to hear from you with any questions or comments. So please do subscribe, share, and we'd love you to review our podcast. Join us for next week's episode when we'll be talking about addiction and compulsion and how these can become issues for high sensory people. Bye for now. Bye for now.